What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the High Wrestling Podcast, and today I have for you yet another interview. I got the opportunity to sit down with Anthony Trevino, otherwise known as the boss man behind the Underground Wrestling Alliance, Ugwa, Hail Ugwa. It was so cool to sit down and get to chat with him. We talked wrestling, we talked the origins of Ugwa, we talked the similarities between comics and wrestling, horror movies, the cannabis industry, the whole nine. It was awesome to get to sit down and chat with him. And this probably won't be the last you hear from him on the show because when I start the horror podcast in September, he will definitely be one of the very first guests. So definitely look out for that after September. But otherwise, I hope you guys enjoy and thank you again for the support and for always being dope listeners hello and welcome to the show how are you doing today doing pretty good glad to be here excellent this is our first real conversation we had like a brief conversation in passing at the show but i'm glad you decided to come on it was awesome having you on happy to be here heck yeah i forgot to ask before we started recording what are your pronouns because i like to just check before I start talking. Yeah. Sweet. I am she, her. Gotcha. Heck yeah. So I've heard that you've been running Ugwa for about almost 20 years now. What is the exact amount of years you've been booking the shows and running the shows? Closer to 30, actually. 30? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I heard, I heard 20. Uh, when I was a, a wee lad. In, a, in the backyards of East San Jose. And uh, it's basically the same organization. Just We've just evolved over the years and went from, you know, beating each other up on dead grass on East Side Drive in San Jose to uh, Emporium in San Francisco with a few stops along the way. Nice. What, um, what's like the, what was the original concept? What inspired you to start Agua? Or the Underground Wrestling Alliance, for those who don't know. Uh, I don't know. We were all like angsty little kids that were going through puberty. So we probably needed somewhere to take our, you know, <laughs> take our frustrations and angers out on each other. So, and we're all wrestling fans and we were all kind of dumb. So we kind of thought it was real. So we were like, oh, we could do that. And then like the first that year of Ugwa was like, it was basically like a fight club. Like wow. we were like, like there was no predetermined outcomes. It was basically just me recruiting bullies and being like, are you down to face this guy after school? And they're like, yeah. And I had like a whole little booking sheet, but like there's people getting popped in the mouth, getting fat lips, getting bloody noses, getting knocked out and slammed on the cement. You know, we'd have to like revive them before they go home for the day, you know, so that their parents don't know that they're like massively concussed. (laughs) So it was, uh, it was, it was a real, it was a child fight club to start off with. And then, you know, after a while we realized we're like, like we're, we're getting the shit beat out of us and our matches suck. Like they're not like, they don't look like TV. And I'm like, why, why don't they look like the TV stuff? And I'm like, oh, cause the guys on TV are working together and it's all, all pretend. And I was like, oh, okay. And then once we, we got that part out of the way, then it be- started to become what it is today. Nice. Kind of reminds me like when I was visualizing while you were talking and kind of reminds me of 
the old school jackass videos, like the CKY videos? Was it kind of like in the vein of that in a sense? Uh, same kind of time frame where that stuff was coming up. Yeah, you know, like when we were uh, in the prime of backyard wrestling, jackass was becoming a big thing. Hmm. Nice, nice. What would you say as a wrestling fan, the moment that stuck out to you the most, like watching a pay-per-view on TV, for example, like what would you say is a moment that stuck out to you and was like, that made you sit and go, okay, I can do this for a long time. It's a long-term investment with me in wrestling. Uh, you know, I, I was a fan growing up my whole life. Uh, right after WrestleMania 10, I kind of fell off for a couple of years there. And then I met uh, Jose Portillo, who's one of our, our cameramen, uh, you know, the, the Ugwa camera crew who are working all over the freaking place now. Oh, um, and uh, once we became friends, it was right about WrestleMania 12. And then we watched that. And then I remember the, the Iron Man match was, I mean, it's not like the best match in the world, but we were super into it. And we memorized like the first like 20 minutes of the match. And then we started like kind of just like playing it out like a dance almost. And then that that was kind of like the the birth of Ugwa right there was us doing that. And then when the NWO popped on the scene, then it was like, oh, this is like we can have like a wrestling gang. Like, let's do that. <laughs> and then that's kind of what we became. That's big. Yeah. So blame the NWO for, for our uh, brash attitude and uh, confrontational uh, demeanor. I can kind of see that. There's like, because More Gay Shit 2 was my first Ugla show. And just that's kind of the atmosphere, like the energy I got while I was there. That NWO kind of just, fuck you type energy. I loved it. You know, for a long time, you know, we were, we were, doing the backyard thing, getting like 200 people back in my backyard, packing the place. Uh, I remember when WrestleMania 31 came to town, we ran a show the same day as King of Indies, and I think we drew the same amount, maybe outdrew them. I don't know. Uh, uh, that was in my backyard. So, I mean, like, and I, I was kind of brash about it, so I'd rub it in people's faces back then, so I wasn't very liked. But, I mean, I think I've become a little more humble and easy to deal with with old age fair fair i feel like as you get older you get wiser as you get older you learn to sometimes just keep your mouth shut <laughs> that too that's something i'm learning early on just choose silence like the penguins of madagascar where they're just like just smile and wave boys just smile and wave yeah yeah so here we are now uh you know Business is booming, not just for us, but the whole Bay Area is booming. I mean, it was a, it was an abyss where you could drop your wrestling into and nobody would hear from it again for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, I think companies like, like Hood Slam, well, they were taking care of business for a long time. Like right about the time that our backyard stuff started blowing up is right when Hood Slam started blowing up. And those were probably the two most fun shows to go to for a decade in the Bay area and then uh, West coast pro popped up and then it brought that like mainstream indie feel to the Bay that we were lacking. Yeah. Sure. I like to say like, we're like the three headed dragon of the Bay area now because 
like between those three companies and I'm not like knocking all the other companies, the other companies like did stuff too, but between the three, those three main companies, I think we, cr- we cracked the egg open and now the Bay area is like the place to be. For sure. Like I found pretty much all the promotions through social media. I found Ugwa through social media and I didn't realize until I saw like the, the posts and everything and like watched all the videos on YouTube. I was like, wow. I missed out on so much because I didn't realize how much was out here until I started doing this podcast. Yeah, you know, I mean, our next show is called Urban Legends, and that's because I, I named our show Urban Legends because I still I'll I'll run into people downtown when I'm flying and stuff, and they'll be like, you know, like they talk about the yard shows like it's an urban legend, and then like some people, like the kids now, like some like. 23 year old 24 year old kid that's out there talking to some you know 35 year old that's out there that's telling them about it they don't believe it they're like what that, that didn't happen that's not real you guys weren't doing that in the backyard I was like i mean it sounds like bullshit but like, <laughs> we have video evidence but uh you know so it's uh it's pretty wild heck yeah i'm gonna try my best to make that one because i really want to go like i just have the the bug after the more gay shit too and then I found out that you guys do a Halloween show and Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. So like that combination, I'm sold already. Yeah, People always say like, uh, they'll ask like what our WrestleMania is. And I always tell them like, we're more on like a WCW uh, pay-per-view uh, schedule where like our Halloween Havoc is our main show of the year versus our WrestleMania, like our WrestleMania season shows, like our Super Brawl, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Speaking of the Halloween show, what's the best costume you've seen out of, or like the top three, if you can't just name one? Our shows, uh, at, at the actual Halloween shows, let me think, shit. Uh, I think, uh, our cameraman was dressed up as Pennywise once. I don't remember if that was at a, at a Halloween party or if he did it for a show. I think it was for a show, too. That might be it. Um, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta look back and I gotta think about that one. I don't know. We've had some pretty extravagant costumes over the years, but I don't know who who takes the cake on that one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe someone will take the cake this year. Hopefully, possibly. You no, know, uh, brother Victor dresses up as a bag of Cheetos. I think it was that he does every year usually. So I'm trying, I'm trying to talk him into doing Teen Wolf this year. He could. Like, I was like, all you need is a jacket. <laughs> he could definitely pull it off. I can see it. Yeah. Just get like the gloves with like the hair on them. Like the furry knuckles and stuff. Yeah. He started biting in the middle of beer cans and stuff. Like I could see it. 100%. Who would you say is in your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? Can be. Big promotion, independent promotion, current pass. You mean in general? Because I was going to say for Ugwa, I could tell you the Mount Rushmore of Ugwa. But in general, I don't know. It's very fluid. It depends on what what brought you to the show. Because the thing with wrestling is like there's so many different flavors of wrestling. Like literally everybody on the planet likes wrestling. Every single person on the planet. Even the people that say they hate wrestling. They all like wrestling. They just haven't seen the type of wrestling they like yet. You know what I mean? You know, every once in a while, 
you'll you'll talk to somebody who's not like a big fan of wrestling. They'll be like, I don't like wrestling. That's a mistake. But I did see this one wrestling match, and that looked, you know what I mean? So there's always something that will win somebody over. There's a style of wrestling that will win everybody over. So based on that, you know, ask somebody who likes silly stuff, they're going to have a different Mount Rushmore than somebody who likes the serious stuff. So I don't, like, I couldn't really answer that for, like, in general. Like, I guess maybe for mass appeal, it would probably have to be, uh, I don't know, let's see. The Rock, Hulk Hogan. Uh, do I put Ric Flair on there? I mean, he's not, like, yeah, I guess maybe Ric Flair goes on there, and then... I don't know who else. Who's another like big mainstream like Bruno San Martino? Maybe I don't know. Solid, solid choices. That's just based off of uh, how many people brought eyeballs to the product. I don't know. Okay, you know what? I I take I take Flair off and I put uh, I'm putting John Cena in. Yeah, yeah. That does make sense, just in retrospect, because. Flair, like for like diehard fans, everybody loves Flair. And then Flair, like after he came to the WWE, like late, like they really cemented his like legacy. You know what I mean? But prior to that, he didn't, he wasn't really bringing in mainstream fans. Like, you know, like you go to Disneyland and find a family and ask a little kid, who's your favorite wrestler? They weren't going to say Ric Flair. They would say Hulk Hogan, you know? So yeah, take Flair off, put Cena in. Those are the four. I do come from the John Cena era. So. I could definitely agree because he would be he would be considered the mainstream draw because I think I I came after The Rock, kind of John Cena, World Heavyweight Champion era. Like, Rock and like Stone Cold kind of like have to share it, like you know what I mean? Cause, like they work. Like I don't know if either one is as big without the other one there to bounce off of. It was like light reflecting off of light. You know what I mean? So like. They kind of have to be a, like a, a tandem. I don't know. You can't you can't pick one over the other. They both they were they were both the the strongest legs on the table. You know, <laughs> for a long time. I've been going back and watching pay per views like the Big Five pay per views from just nineties until like the mid two thousands, and I can agree because there really just is no Stone Cold without the Rock and no Rock without Stone Cold, especially leading up to X Seven. I'm not there yet, but when I get there, you can just see how it, how the seeds were planted and how it just built. So yes, Batman and Superman right there. Like who, who's bigger? I don't know. This 100%. As a booker, what would you say sets you apart from other bookers? Not just like in Northern California, but in general like what what's your mindset what's your perspective when it comes to setting up shows um i kind of write like half tv season half like graphic novel you know i don't really book like a lot of indie spots which i mean the smart way to book is kind of low on storyline maybe like stories between one or two shows you know, just basically go for the like marquee matchups people want to see that look good on a poster. That's the smart way of doing it. That's the way a lot of places do it. 
I want to tell stories. You know, I, I, I secretly, I, I didn't want to be Vince McMahon. I wanted to be, you know, Stephen King, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I wanted, like writing Ugwa is like my dark tower, basically. So I, I wanted to tell like a sequential, you know, ongoing story from show to show to show. So I'll, you know, we basically got a season that ends in October. Um, so I kind of think about what I want to end it with. I want to, what I want to start it with, who my stars are going to be. And then I try to write like, basically like a, a season of a show almost, you know, that, you know, which is why a lot of times people will hit me up and like, why can't I get booked? It's like, I'm booking the same people every show because the story is with these people. It's about these people in, in the company. You know, we're, we're heavy on the story and wrestling. The wrestling's great. Don't get me wrong, but it is secondary to the story because if the story matters enough, then you can do anything you want in the ring. Like they're already invested, you know? So that's kind of how I, I write and book the story or, or the shows. Basically I'm, I'm trying to tell like a, I'm trying to create a, a universe with its own like stories and characters. And sometimes I try to bleed it in with other companies, which is very difficult to do because they're, they're doing the same thing. They got their own wavelengths at their own companies that they want in their own angles. They don't always want to coincide with what you're doing, which whatever you can make it work. But uh, you know, I, I kind of like to do that. You know, I just, I, I worked in a comic shop for 10 years. So I, I read freaking everything. Uh, and it, it warped my brain. That's so cool. That's so cool. I'm noticing that like a lot, well, I've only had a few interviews so far, but everybody that I've spoken to has like a deep connection to comics, which I think is cool as someone who's like unfamiliar with the comic world. I really only am familiar with like the MCU and there's one graphic novel that I just hold top tier to everything is Watchmen. So with the little comic knowledge that I know, it's so cool to like see it almost in real time, like the Easter eggs, the homages, all of that. It's wrestling is basically like live action comic books. You know, it's a bunch of colorful characters that are super jacked up and muscular with fancy costumes that solve all their problems with violence. (laughs) Pretty much. you, you, You swing first and ask questions later. And then sometimes after the fighting, you become friends with the person you were fighting with, and then you find somebody else to fight. And that's, it's, you know, it's Marvel team up, you know, like that's, it's basically what it is. You know, one, one issue, you got the thing and the Hulk fighting each other. Then the leader shows up and they team up to fight the leader. And then there you go. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. But you have, I did hear you work in cannabis as well too. That I do, uh, eh, that's a boring part of my life. You know, that's just pays the bills, you know, you know, like I'm, I'm trying, it's just there until I don't have to do it anymore. You know, on, on a good show day, uh, I make what I make at this job in like a month. So it's like the, the dream is to do the wrestling, you know, so it's just there to fill it. You know, that's just the, the normal me to fall back on. I haven't, I've never gotten to the point where I don't need the security blanket of a real job someday. Thank At you. least the real job comes with the uh, benefits. So, I mean, it's worth keeping around for, for that, you know. True. Cal- I only brought it up because I used to work in cannabis. So it's just like, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's a silly, it's a silly uh silly business full of a bunch of silly people. And agree there. I did have three questions relating to that one. I wanted yes. to know the last thing you smoked, an unpopular opinion you have about the cannabis industry and an aspect of cannabis or the industry that's overrated in your opinion. Okay, first what I'm smoking, I was just smoking uh, Oreos, um, really good indica, a uh, little bit too good of an indica because now I'm ready for a nap. Now, um, <laughs> but, uh, then what was the second question, uh, unpopular opinion I have? Yeah. My unpopular opinion is that uh, it was better when it was illegal and you had to have a medical card. Mm. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I made I just as far as working in the industry, I made so much more money back then. I don't know why when it became legal, like all of a sudden they're just like tax the shit out of everything. But uh, yeah, it, it was nicer back then. Um, and what was the third one? Something that you think is just overrated. I feel like it kind of bleeds into the second question, but it's just something overrated. Cannabis industry. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's not Shangri-La. It's, it's, it's basically at this point, it's working. It's the same thing as working for any corporate entity. You know what I mean? Like the corporations took over the industry. So it's like, you know, you're not going to, you know, I, I started working there at a good time. I've, I've been in the industry for like nearly a decade now. So, I mean, the first place that I was working at, uh, it was a little shack with a roll up door. You know what I mean? It was, uh, very, uh, very underground, which I mean, I like underground things. So, and I, I've watched it evolve to the point where it, it we are full blown corporate cannabis now, which I mean, it's probably, I don't know, maybe it's for the best. I don't know, but it just now just feels like any other soulless job that's out there, you know? So huh? yeah. there you go. I can definitely relate. That's how my last experience was very soulless, very, very robotic, if you yeah. will. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all about the homegrown DIY, you know, like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I was, I was selling weed dub sacks out of my sock in high school while we were running UGWA shows during lunch break and everything. And everybody's telling me, you know, like you need to grow up, you know, you just this weed and wrestling shit's not going to take you anywhere in life. What are you, what are you doing? And it's like, well, now weed the weed's got me full benefits in a 401k and the wrestling like i'm making buttloads of money on from doing shows well, not buttloads of money that's an exaggeration i'm doing pretty good but yeah. uh you know, it took a while to get there but um so it's just it's, it's just a funny like the two things people used to rag on me about are the two things that i do as an adult now it's a sweet uh sweet poetic irony i guess too relatable too relatable because someone once told me this like weed and wrestling stoners and wrestling is an untapped market and i'm just like i'm trying to help bring it to the forefront because every, every locker room that i've ever gone to smelled like skunk you know like everybody's getting high you know when we were doing shows of the ritz for six years uh which is the years that we basically like the ritz was like our cocoon 
that we went into we entered it as a backyard wrestling company and we came out as like the number three wrestling company in the bay area period um but we were a lot of smoke in there for those shows and uh you know, let me tell you you know weed and wrestling it's like you know peanut butter and jelly you know it goes together you yep. never not met a stoner who doesn't have a history with wrestling so it's truly like this I do have a couple of final questions for you. Just some fun questions. You did mention Stephen King earlier, so I'm going to assume that you are a horror fan. I am a horror fan. I, I, you know, I've met I've met a million pro wrestlers from my childhood, and it's it's always you know I'm very professional. Nice to meet you. How do you do? Whatever you know, and I've never marked out for a single one that I've ever met. Uh, if Stephen King walked in the, the room, I'd be squealing like a, like a pig, like, you know. <laughs> well, that's that would probably be me if I ever got to meet Bruce Campbell, like Bruce Campbell and Skeet Ulrich. Those are the two. Yeah, I would Bruce Campbell, I'd mark out for also. Yeah, Bruce Campbell, I'd mark out for. I asked these questions to Darwin Finch, but I, what would be your favorite horror movie? a horror movie you feel didn't live up to the hype and a horror movie you feel everybody should see at least once. All right. Sorry, I'm so high. What was the first question? Favorite horror movie. Favorite horror movie. Um, Favorite horror movie. Let's go with Evil Dead 2. That's the first one that pops in my head. Evil Dead 2. My man, that's one of my favorites too. All right. Uh, the second question, what was that? One that didn't live up to the hype. Uh, it's not a movie. It's a miniseries. And I'm going to say the CBS miniseries of The Stand. Mm. Uh, I love the original miniseries, but, you know, it was like, you know, in the 90s. So it's a little cheesy and they, could, they couldn't really turn it up. I want a real like Stand miniseries, like start from the beginning. Like that book's like freaking 2,000 pages long. You could have like six seasons of a TV show off of that book. Like give me like a real stand that's just like grimy. I, I want a real Rick flag, you know. Like I, I just, I want a good stand. I, I haven't gotten the proper stand yet. Uh, also, just since I was talking about things like butchered Stephen King things, uh, the Dark Tower movie is horrendous. Okay. Uh and I wanted to wash my eyes out with bleach after I watched it. Uh, so give me a real dark tower. Like, like I mean, and that can't be in, in a no 90-minute movie. Like, it needs to be, like, a lot of movies. Uh, or, or a TV show or something like that. Um, and what was the third one? A horror movie you feel everybody should see at least once. Hereditary. Yes. 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 That's that's the one right there. Agreed. It's gonna it's gonna fuck you up a little bit after you watch it, but uh, it's good. It's a good fuck up. Oh my god! The first time I watched it, it did fuck me up. I was fine throughout the entire movie, and then it kind of went it went off, and I was processing what I had just watched, and then just in complete silence, I heard the click, and I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, pe- people tell me like, I'll tell you about. It. I was like, no, I'm not gonna tell you anything about it. I can tell you one thing about the movie. Just watch the movie and trust that I'm telling you it's a good movie and and enjoy. I also feel that way about Malignant. I don't tell anybody, like, just go in blind, 
You know, I haven't watched that. I'm gonna watch that tonight because you said that. Yes, just going blind. Don't look it up. Don't watch a trailer. Just, just yeah, let I don't, it. I don't know shit about it. I've purposely avoided it because I I've been meaning to watch it. I just I've been on like a binge of of Stephen King uh, ad- adaptations lately. So I've been watching like Silver Bullet. Sometimes they come back, and you know, just all all his other you know Pet Cemetery. I just watched the other day, uh, the first Pet Cemetery. Uh, that's that's the worst one. Ugh. But uh, Pet Cemetery is fucked up. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I could I could do a whole separate podcast on just Stephen King shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally starting a whole separate podcast on horror. So when I get that going, we can meet up again and talk horror for sure. Yes, please. I, I get so tired of talking about wrestling. <laughs> I'll talk about horror movies all day. For sure. And my final question is just the question I asked everybody. First, did you watch Adult Swim at all? Did you delve into Adult Swim? Yes. What's your favorite Adult Swim show? Probably like Metalocalypse or Venture Brothers. Like those are the two that pop out in my head the most. Okay, solid choices. I usually do that. I ask that to measure people's level of chaos. So, yeah. Okay, Metalocalypse is right up my alley. Heck yeah. Mine is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. That's there you go. The OG one right there. I just, I would stay up late with my mom and watch it. And Hulk Hogan was on the first episode of that, right? Yeah, he was on one of the very first episodes. Yeah, the only ones that stick out in my head are the, the Hulk Hogan one I remember being awkward, and then the one with Slash from Guns N' Roses was like super awkward. It was. But it's it's so it's so good to watch. I loved it. My favorite is always gonna be the the Mike Judge one. Oh shit, I bet that was fun. That one was fun. That one was indeed fun. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Or I did have one final question. Are you going to Hood Slam still? Uh, you know, I was going to, but I got to, I mean, the show's in San Jose, so I'm going to fly her in San Jose. I, you know, duty calls. I'd like to go, you know, hang out with all my friends and watch them kick each other's butts. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one-man promotion team over here sometimes. So, uh, you know, if you're in San Jose and you see me out there flying, say hello. Uh, hello, Gua. Hello, Gua. Well, I will see you at the next Ugwa show then. And it was wonderful right. talking to you. July 15th, San Jose, Narrative Fermentations, Urban Legends.